0: they're busy and everybody's excited, but they're not five days a week busy Mm -hmm. or up to what they normally are. So it's a difficult time in that we're going to go to work, but
1: how am I going to do my car payment? Yeah. And it's not like a light switch. It's not just like on off, like true, true trickle trickle in. Yeah. Good morning. I am Riley and this is Lifestyle Tucson, where I chat with various nonprofit groups throughout Southern Arizona about what they are currently up to, getting updates and the like. Today, I am joined by a couple of guests.
2: I am Clark Hoffman and I am the director of operations for Rhino Staging here in Tucson, Arizona. So my job is uh, staffing labor calls for concerts and events and other production services that Rhino does.
0: Um, I'm Maria Bruner, and I own a marketing company called Insight Management, and we work in the music industry, have for 30-some years. But during about six years ago, um, I started a
1: nonprofit
0: called Musically Fed.
1: Yeah, and I'll have to admit, I, I was unfamiliar with Musically Fed pre-pandemic, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Could you give just a little, little bit more of the background of Musically Fed? Yeah, it was
0: about six years ago, and um, my husband was a Vietnam vet, and he passed away quite suddenly. And because of his um, deployment in Vietnam and something that basically he and I were not aware of. So with that said, over time, I began to explore the veterans. Are they well taken care of? The answer to that is no. Um, I began exploring facilities and learning that they had some good facilities with good kitchens, but they didn't have food or the food that they had wasn't really healthy Well, on all the tours that I do, I watch it dumped every night, or it'll be bust out and people, Clark, you and I have seen many a night where there's plates sitting in the catering room going, hey, crew, if you need anything, have a plate. And many times those just sit there too. So started out with a good buddy of mine, um, Jake Berry. I call him a buddy because he's become that. Uh, He was the first person I went to and said, I... I um, I want you to food. <laughs> basically, they come here to rehearse. So grumbling, he and Terry Burke from Live Nation, Terry didn't grumble. Um, the manager of the venue, um, Ralph Marchetta said, okay, we'll give it a try. And so we took a video, the first two nights of uh, rehearsal, showing the veterans getting the meals. And then the third day, they had the meanest army chef. He did a video of what he was able to do and it was amazing with the food that was left over. Then a week later, Louis Messina and the Kenny Chesney crew uh, trundled into the stadium here in Phoenix and we had gotten permission to give that a try and got a call from that crew two days later saying, can you do it in Dallas? And I said, possibly so, when is it tomorrow? And that's, <laughs> that's how we got started. So prior to the pandemic, we had worked with Sean Mendes for three years on a tour, for Fleetwood Mac for four years, Zach Brown Band for three years. I just finished up with Elton John, which was a blast. Um, we we're starting to work with um, Mumford. I'm leaving somebody out. Oh, Brantley Gilbert. And the beauty of that is Brantley brought in the Veterans Farmer Coalition. So all of the catering that was served by the private caterer, Brett Bond, was resourced from the veteran farms. We then took what was left over and repurposed it to the veterans facilities all across the nation that Brantley Gilbert went.
1: You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson when the pandemic hits, venues and theaters all had to shut their doors. And that left many of these people who have built their careers and lives working within the industry without jobs. So Clark, I guess I would like to turn to you um, because of your role with uh, Rhino Staging and Event Solution. You know firsthand the effects um, these closures have had. So I would like to hear from your perspective what this past year has been like for you and your crew.
2: This last year has been really challenging for uh, not only myself, but uh, more importantly, our crew that work for us. Um, our, our crew, our, our employees, our family ha- have specialized skills in the entertainment industry. And a lot of times they don't translate over to uh, other industries. Um, so it, it has left a lot of people sort of unemployable Because uh, of their, you know, lighting designers, audio engineers, uh, entertainment riggers, positions like that. It doesn't, you can't just go to Home Depot and start doing audio at Home Depot. Um, So it's left a lot of people hungry because they can't really go out there and get these other jobs. They're almost overqualified to work at, um, you know, a normal nine to five type job. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been really hard for our people and thankfully Maria and her organization have been able to help feed our people.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, there are some folks who might think, well, you know, why don't you just go hop on an employment, like other people who are out of work. But from what I understand, that's not necessarily always applicable for this specific line of work.
2: Uh, I mean, right off the bat, it was hard for uh, a lot of people to get on unemployment Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people are considered freelancers or, you know, they have multiple employers. And so they might not have had the like set amount of earned hours, particularly from one employer. So it was challenging. Now, the U.S. government made some changes and passed some, the CARES Act, which made it a little easier for people to get unemployment. But in Arizona Arizona is a low unemployment paying state so it wasn't even if they could get unemployment it was still less money significantly less money than they would if they were out there working
1: so this has led to a shift in focus for musically fed and it's almost come inward in a way it's you know take care of yourself. Uh, Maria, can you tell me uh, more about these drive-through distribution uh, events you've been hosting, you know, throughout the country and a little bit of insight into what prompted this, this change?
0: You know, when the pandemic hit, we had just,
1: uh, Musically Fed had
0: been invited to repurpose backstage catering at all the Grammy events. So we had worked with Levy at the Staples Center, Los Angeles Convention Center, and I don't know what made me make this call, but I did. I called a really great guy, Chef Manny, with Levy Restaurants at Staples and went, what are you doing with your 32 refrigerators and walk-in freezers? And he was like, we're not sure. Long story short, one of our board members from AEG's wife knew the guy that did the lunch program for the Los Angeles School District, which went to crap immediately because of the pandemic. So we did about 32,000 meals, um, emptying out everything there. And as we were doing that, we began to get calls. It's, it's, this is kind of hard to describe. I came back and on my landline in my office were two calls. And when you press star 69 to track down what the phone number was, it wasn't there. And it was, hi, I've seen you you backstage, you have food. You take food to people. We need food. Click. We ended up getting eight calls like that. Once again, hi, Jake Berry. Um, These are the calls I'm getting. What do you think's going on here? And within 60 seconds, he had me on the phone with a great guy by the name of Jeff Geek, who is the CEO of Rhino Staging. And I knew Rhino because um, we work with Clapton and many other people on tours. And here, I'm happy to say that at the downtown arena, Rhino is that group of people. So we've developed some friendships, if not just not only here, but nationwide. And Jeff said, yeah, we could be in a tough position here because many people are 1099 or their work positions are in such a a way that they can't take unemployment. And in Tennessee, we discovered that was a huge problem. Um, So I said, what what do they need? And he goes, well, let's try food. So so I called a guy by the name of Ray Herndon at um, Handlebar J's and went, you know, we, we need to feed some gig workers. And he just said, I'm clearing out my freezers. Let's do it.
1: This is Lifestyle Tucson, and I'm speaking with Maria Bruner and Clark Hoffman about the current efforts of the nonprofit Musically Fed.
0: We, our first car drive through, I called Jason Adamson in Phoenix with Jeff and said, look, here's the only way we can do this and be COVID safe, is we need to do... A drive-through where we drop things into people's trunks and he goes where are you going to get it and i went i have no earthly idea so i started going to different farms to get produce and this guy named bill berry who runs resurrection street ministry out of mesa called me and goes what are you doing do you need produce and i went well yeah and he goes what do you need it for so i told him and he goes maria we will help you. And I said, well, Bill, but we're always bringing food to you. But so never entered my mind that he had a way to give back. So the first drive-through we did was a box of produce, a box of dairy, a box of dry goods, which you and I know as rice, mac and cheese, quinoa, oatmeal, some canned veggies. And he um, went to Purdue Chicken and said, Look, we got to take care of these people. So we did 12 pounds of frozen meat and chicken and so on. And that's what started it. And Jason and his crew working together, we learned how to perfect it. Jeff called us and said, we need to do this in Nashville. And I've got a real need in Denver. (laughs) And it just kept mushrooming. That led to major initiatives. July 13th of last year, thanks to Ben Jumper and Soundcheck, um, we were able to pull in two semis, thanks to Charlie Hernandez and nothing but a bunch of roadies and Loads and fishes out of Minneapolis. There was no food in in Nashville, none. There was no way to get food. So we brought it to them. We did 200 cars, working with Rhino for a car drive-through. Actually, we did almost 300 and we gave back 22,000 meals we have since since then done Atlanta a couple of times. We have done Austin, we have done Minneapolis, we've done LA, we've done Anaheim. Um, just trying to do major initiatives to do car drive throughs for what I call our backline gig workers mm-hmm. and to give back to the cities.
1: I guess I'm kind of just wondering like uh, the logistics. Uh, you said most is coming from uh, food pantries or resource groups?
0: Like Midwest Food uh, Group, they are one of the oldest um, well, they're a Christian-based outlet that started in, I think, like 1918 to go to farms and get uh, goods to help people in need. And Midwest is known all across the nation. Resurrection Street Ministry is similar to what we call St. Mary's Food Bank in Phoenix. Um, They have the resources through working with things like Feeding America, etc., to make sure that we're taken care of. What we also do is we we provide essentials. Um, Clark's people are going to get almost 30 pounds of detergent, disinfectant, shampoo, Colgate toothpaste, not dollar store toothpaste, deodorant, shaving cream, um, all sorts of things that cost to get. Um, And one of the things I learned on a conference call last Friday is the cost of peanut butter has gone up 7% in the last two weeks they figure by December, it will have gone up 18%. And this is straight across
1: the board. Kind of along with that, I was curious, how do you uh, get connected with the people in the industry who are needing this assistance? Uh, Since these aren't aren't public events um, by any means. uh, Yeah, how are you finding the people like Clark and his crew and getting connected with them?
2: I I can answer to some of that. Um, I mean, for me, um, as you know, I've been in Tucson for 16 years now. So I, mean, I know most of the players in the, in the entertainment industry within the Tucson area. Um, so not, we're not just feeding Rhino employees. Um, we're reaching out to the small companies that are in the entertainment, the audio companies, the lighting companies, uh, security companies, people that take tickets um, so we're talking to the venues and saying, "Hey, do you have people that you know are in need?" And then we we bring them into the uh, you know the distribution event that way.
1: Uh, what's some of the feedback you get from uh, the people who are coming to these events uh, seeking some help?
2: I've had nothing but grateful responses from people. Some people are slightly embarrassed about it, but then they see like that it's all industry people and they see the people that are coming and taking the food boxes and they're like, oh, I'm not the only one that's in this situation. And then they're, they have like a sense of relief almost that one, they're getting all this food, nutrition essentials like Maria mentioned, but then they're not alone. So they don't feel isolated anymore. And actually almost every person that comes through says, if you do another event and you need volunteers, let me know because people want to participate in that because we're we're production people and they see that it's like a production that we're putting on and so they want to be involved in it too and help other people that way
1: this is lifestyle tucson and i'm speaking with maria bruner and clark hoffman about the current efforts of the nonprofit musically fed um kind of along that line uh clark do you feel that with the pandemic and all of the, the sudden changes it caused has there been um more of a an awareness to the, just the complexity of the live entertainment industry? Just how many people can be affected and the, how many moving parts there are?
2: I think within our industry, people <laughs> are more aware of what it takes to put on the production and they're not just focused on oh, I'm an audio engineer and that's what I do. They realize that there's so many more people involved in the industry, but outside of our little bubble of 12 to 15 million people that were out of work like overnight, I don't think the rest of the country really had any awareness of it. And it and it showed because other industries came back way quicker. I mean, we're barely opening the door on doing shows again. Um, and it was like lights out for 12 months, nothing was happening. And it's just in the last couple of months where, you know, it feels like the world is coming back together. And I know that, you know, that's for everyone, but in our industry, it's like people are still starving because we're still not going to be to work till September. Hopefully, you know, we're starting to see movement, but like that's still three, four months away where people are going to start getting that regular income again.
1: Yeah, like, I, like I've seen that there have been uh, some tours and shows that have been announced um, more towards end of the year, late summer, early fall. Uh, I, what, what's kind of the plan um, for Musically Fed uh, moving forward? Is there a timeline or goal you want to meet before you make the decision to transition back to what you used to be doing?
0: How to answer that, we have been on calls with Jeff, Jason here, Mike at Rhino in Orlando, and we're finding that the landscape is different in different cities and different states. Take Florida and Texas, they've been wide open for weeks. So the Rhino crew in Florida, actually Rhino from all over the nation descended on Florida. I do believe Clark to help out with some very hefty WWE things. Other events, they're going to be gone again for um, an award show and other shows that are happening in that area. So we had a car drive scheduled for Orlando that we canceled twice. And I just went, we've got to come up with a different model. So we did. We call it the Rhino Store. Actually, we're hopeful to get permission to call it the Country Music Emergency Reliance Store. And what will happen is that um, Rhino has a training uh, facility in Orlando and they have the space to put a corner store where this Saturday, 50 bags of essentials, 50 bags of dry goods and 50 gift cards to get protein to Winn-Dixie will be put together and organized and come June 1st, we will put the word out that we have this. Actually, the director there quietly put the word out and it's gone. We've got fifty people already, which really surprised us. So now I'm in the process of putting together an Amazon wish list for Orlando to resupply. So we know that those people have work, but they're still catching up. Moms are still working with kids to get them ready for summer, trying to buy clothing, trying to buy goods and services, etc. So if we can provide them with meals for two weeks, we're happy to do it via the store. Um, here in Phoenix, we're going to do. A nighttime drive through in June and announce the store for Phoenix because work is kind of sort of coming back here, but won't make up for 14 months of unemployment for anybody. So we still want to have those goods available if people need it. And we're going to add baby formula, dog food, things like that that really help, maybe some gas cards. So Musically Fed will be working on those stores and supplying them making sure they're stocked and supporting them any way we can with volunteers. Uh, I will tell you that we are working with eight different tour entities right now to say, is it business as usual? The private caterers have said, yes, business as usual. The managers have said, yes, business as usual. Promoters and venues. Some of them are like, what? Uh, one more person to come backstage. And I'm like, really? One person? So that's um, a challenge. But with many of our tours nationwide that have private caters, we simply work with the runners. And so we're negotiating with promoters now, there shouldn't be any change, any difference, other than how it's packaged. So we're hopeful because the need is very severe. I've had eight food outlets, one in New Orleans, one in um, Interestingly enough, Kansas City, because we've come there so many times with tours going, you're not gonna forget us, are you? I know that Zac Brown Band just announced. I know that Luke Bryan just announced. You're not gonna forget us, are you? Well, we don't plan to forget them, but I do think it's gonna come down to what are the venues going to allow to be done? And frankly, in my mind, it should be business as usual. There should be absolutely no reason that it isn't, but I'm not them. You know, I, I can't imagine what this has been like to be COVID responsible. Um, you've got the band and crew with their COVID safety. You've got the production crew, Clark. I can't imagine all the work you guys have gone to, to be ready for this. Um, and I know that 2022 is going to be a train wreck because everybody in their dog and poochie and horse are going to be out there. Um, but we're hopeful we'll be doing tours and we'll take a few and do them as well as we can. We're hopeful that in Phoenix, our partners of Phoenix Suns Arena, Auction Pavilion and Gila River Arena will allow us to do what we've already done and serve our community here. Mm
1: -hmm. To clarify, I understand that this isn't a a public event, but what can you share about uh, the Tucson distribution um, event that's coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks here?
2: Well, this is going to be a great event for for Tucson. Um, It's been a couple of months since we've had a large scale event, um, food distribution event. And so this one is it's going to be in a public space that I won't say right now, but it will be, you know, visible to the public. So um, there might be a good thing uh, like to bring awareness when people are walking by and be like, "Hey, what's going on there?" And then there'll be some of us out there working the event to explain to them, "Hey, we're feeding event industry workers because we still haven't, you know, fully recovered yet." So, um, and we've experienced that with some of the other events that we've had downtown, uh, and people are like, "Oh, that's so cool that you're doing that for your people." Um, so that. I, I like that aspect that, you know, we get to just interact with some of the general public and they see what's going on that we're taking care of our own people.
1: Also kind of just brings to light something that people probably haven't considered. Oh yeah. The the people who are stagehands don't have jobs right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're exactly right.
1: Um, So I guess kind of before we start wrapping things up, are there ways that people outside of the industry can help out with Musically Fed uh, through donations or to find out more? What do you uh, suggest is the best method of action?
0: I would say we are very active on social media, especially Facebook and Instagram, but the website is probably the best way. It shows what we were doing and there is a COVID tab that keeps up to date as to what we are doing. In terms of donation, um, monetary is probably best because we have good buying power. We do. We're able to get um, people to come to the table with below wholesale, et cetera, which allows us to do more. So if the spirit moves them, that would be great.
1: Well, uh, that kind of wraps up everything I wanted to uh, cover with our conversation about uh, what Musically Fed has been doing to help out the live entertainment industry. So, Maria and Clark, I'm so grateful we got to have this time to have a chat.
2: Yeah,
0: thanks for having us.
1: Thank you, Riley, and thank
0: you to Lotus, to Larry, and the whole team for coming aboard to really support this. They care very much.
1: This has been Lifestyle Tucson and I am Riley. If you are part of a nonprofit organization that would like to be featured on an upcoming episode of our program, reach out at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the program or to replay what you may have missed, look under the Sunday Mornings page at klpx.com, kfma.com, mixfm.com, or espntucson.com.